Uh, this is the uh, last sermon in this series, and quite honestly, I'm kind of sad uh, because I've thoroughly enjoyed this series myself. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, awakening to life, and once again, it's the final sermon in this series, Finding Your Way Back to God. Our universal longing for love, purpose, and meaning in life can only be fulfilled in a relationship with God. Regardless of where you are on your journey, you can find your way back to God and awaken to living a life that matters. This series helps us to see that there's a universal pattern that awakens us to finding love, purpose, and meaning in life as we find our way back to God. So in Christ, we find life that is really living. Now the story of the prodigal son ends with the celebration following the son coming home. Now obviously in real life, our stories do not stop there. Uh, we have to discover our place in the community of God's sons and daughters as we continue to celebrate our new life, connect, and contribute together. Now, Luke chapter 15, verse 24, this is kind of the end of the story. Uh, the Father speaking here, which obviously represents God, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now, I found this really good um, this really good uh, story that uh, is about somebody that you don't know, so two people you don't know. So I thought it would be more interesting if I replaced the names with people you do know, uh, because this very well could have happened to our uh, children's pastor and his wife. So I'm going to read it as though this is uh, John and Hannah. Okay, early in their marriage, John and Hannah went to an amusement park for the day. While there, they spotted an extreme sports ride, a bungee swing. Now, they basically trap you in. I mean, strap you in. <laughs> so that you are uh, hanging, laying face down, parallel with the ground side by side. Uh, then they slowly pull you back till you are several hundred feet in the air, but you're looking pretty much straight down at the ground. Now, here, the real kicker is they have you pull your own cord to let you loose, okay? They drop you with the feeling you will hit the ground. At the last second, the rope catches you. Well, John and Hannah swung back up back and forth until the swing stopped. Now, you only live once, right? Okay, this is it. Um, at the last second, the rope catches you. So Hannah and John swung back up, back and forth, till, till, everything's, till the swing stopped. And as they were getting strapped in, Hannah was getting more and more nervous by the second. John was too, but you know John, he's much too macho uh, to let her know. Well, by the time they began pulling them all the way up to the top of the swing, 
they moved from nerves to all-out panic. Hannah started saying things like, I do not want to do this. Let me down. Can't they please lower us back down? Then you can go by yourself. No, Hannah. Sorry to say, the only way to get off this ride is to pull the cord. So down they went, screaming the whole way until they swung back and forth. Those feelings of terror turned into a a rush of feeling alive. Now, most of us have never done anything like that, okay? But I think we have experienced this feeling. There's certain things that happen in life that give you this rush of feeling uh, truly alive. Um, maybe it was when you made the team. Uh, or when you asked that special girl out and she said yes. Um, maybe it was your wedding day. Maybe it was the birth of a baby or landing your dream job. But the point is, all of us can identify a moment in time when we felt more alive than ever before. We love those moments. We wish we could live them forever. Okay, so we've been talking in this series about five awakenings that can help us find our way back to God. Now, these awakenings are not just something that happens when we initially find our way back to God. They are awakenings that we Christ followers continually need in our lives because we, we periodically tend to drift away, so, so we need it again. And so we've talked about this awakening to longing, where we discover our longings for love, purpose, and meaning, which are given to us by God and intended to lead us back to him. Well, the second was an awakening to regret when we recognize how we've tried to fulfill these longings on our own, and often we find ourselves trapping us into an endless sorry cycle. And here's the graphic. Greg, Craig started out in the second week showing us this graphic. We've looked at it uh, every week, but this is the way that it that it works. It's kind of like being on a hamster wheel, you know, going round and round, uh, never stopping. Um, We long, and then we regret. Uh, In this awakening, we discover that we can always start over. Every day is a new day. God gives us the opportunity to start over again. Then week three, we, we talked about awaken to help when we admit that we are powerless Uh, to fulfill our longings on our own. Uh, In this awakening, we discover there is help, and that that help has a name, uh, which is Jesus. Last week, we talked about awakening to love, which is the moment that we realize God loves us deeply after all. We discovered our identity as a profoundly loved, unconditionally accepted child of God. Today we're going to talk about the fifth awakening, which is our awakening to life. And so we're going to look at a new life in Jesus. Now, I'm going to call for a baptism video in a moment, 
Um, but I want to explain something. You're going to see two things in this video that may be new ideas to you, something you never thought about. So I want to explain those to you briefly up front. Number one, um, your, your church background, where you came from, may, may be different um, than what we believe in practice, but uh, we, we want to be a Bible church, a New Testament church, and so we want to do things in a biblical way. And so um, baptism was changed in the Middle Ages, 1311 Council of Ravenna. Baptism was changed by the apostate church from immersion to sprinkling. The majority of denominations that pulled away from that church in the Protestant Reformation maintained the practice, carried over the practice of baptism uh, by sprinkling. Um, that was not Bible baptism. That was New Testament baptism. What you're going to see is complete immersions in water. That was the original method of baptizing people in the early church. Second thing, and this also came about from the church in the Middle Ages, and that is a distinction between clergy and laity. And there is no such distinction uh, in the Bible. The Bible talks about the priesthood of all believers. We're, we're all priests uh, in the New Testament system. And so, um, so what you find in churches that believe in that separation is that only ordained people can do uh, baptisms. But in, in the, uh, when Jesus gave the Great Commission, uh, he said that each person who heard, believed, was baptized was to turn around and do the same thing over again. Not just a clergy, uh, but something that we were all to do. So you're going to see people baptizing people who are not clergy, uh, who are not ordained preachers. And so I just wanted to bring that to your attention. So here comes the video. Oh, let me say. There was a man who had. Thank you. She's. Uh, our doctor, our resident doctor, is on the ball. Okay, um, this is from um, Community Christian Church outside of Chicago. Now, um, I I met and and heard the preacher preach several years ago at the Next Level Leadership Conference in Savannah, Georgia. By the way, um, I'm going to that conference with Dewey this week. Uh, but anyway, he spoke. Um, the church there is a church with multiple campuses because um, they have a number of different locations. And so these are baptisms from all their different locations. I thought this would be uh, something good to show you. But at the end of the service, we will show you video of three that we had following late church last Sunday. So, okay, take it away. I had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, father I want right now what's coming to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And Where there he waste wasted all his money in wild living. He had spent everything. When a bad famine spread through that whole land, soon he had nothing he to eat. He was hungry and needed money. So he went and got a job with one of the people who lived there. The man sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him a thing. Finally, when he, he came, came to, the to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But let me be like one of your hired workers. So he left and he went to his father. While the son was still a long way While off, his father he was saw still him. a long way off. He felt sorry for him. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. So he ran to threw him his and arms him around him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I have sinned against God and have done wrong to you. I am no longer I don't worthy deserve to be called your, your son. son ever again. But the father said to his But the servants, father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it. Bring the so fat calf and, and celebrate. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, but has now come back to life. dead and has returned to life. He was lost and is found. He was lost so the party and is began. found. Given up for lost so they began to celebrate. And they began to have a wonderful time. Baptism is symbolic of moving from death to life. Baptism is a uniting with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. And you see, only immersion pictures that because you've died to sin through repentance and then you are buried with Christ in baptism to rise and walk a new life in Christ. And Paul explains this in Romans chapter 6. And also, that's the point at which the old self is crucified with Jesus. And so baptism is a time of celebrating. Um, as you, you notice the people in the video, a lot of celebrating going on there. Uh, like the time when the prodigal son came home to the father. So this is a time of great joy, and it's moments like this that we wish uh, would never end, but those are moments, and the reality is the rest of life isn't filled with moments like that, and a lot of times doesn't feel very alive, and instead it can feel very far, very distant from that, and the reality is um, as we go through life, uh, Sometimes we feel like there's no life going through us. Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I know I have. Um, so how do we continually awaken to life? Well, uh, this really involves our fifth prayer. You remember each week we've given you uh, a new prayer? Well, week five, uh, our awakening today, it the prayer reads like this, and you'll notice that there's a card inside your bulletin uh, with these five prayers. And you might remember in the very beginning, um, all of this started with a wager uh, involving people making commitments to Christ uh, after a period of time. Uh, if you take these cards, we've got a bunch more back at the, uh, at the link, and so you can take as many as you want, but give them to your... Um, your friends who have not yet accepted Jesus, uh, who are still on that pathway trying to find their way back to God, and encourage them to pray these different prayers and see what uh, opens up for them in the way of opportunities in, in their life. But here's the way this prayer reads. And the first part's the same for all of them. God, if you are real, 
Make yourself real to me. Now, that's an honest request for God. Okay, this week's awaken in me the confidence that I can live a brand new life. So Jesus came to earth so that we could experience that new life. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, that's the NIV. The English Standard Version says, and have it, that's life, have it abundantly. The message says, and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, these different versions make me think, when I read them, of the word more. You know, that's kind of like having uh, more money in the bank, in my bank, more money in my bank, more money in my 401k, more satisfying relationships, uh, more oceanfront vacations. Can I get an amen? <laughs> do, do you all like to go vacation on the ocean. Um, our culture loves the word more. Uh, marketers know this, and they use it all the time. Uh, you know, you can get 25% more Dor Doritos when you purchase the jumbo bag. Uh, get more cash back by using our credit card. Uh, you can get more frequent flyer miles if you fly between these dates. Okay, the Greek language uses two different words for life. And let me give you a little tidbit of information here. Neither of them are connected with more in the scripture. The word more is never found connected with either of these words that the Greek language uses for life. Okay, one word is bios, uh, from which we get biology, which is natural life. The average BIOS life includes 250,000 hours of sleep, 76,000 meals, 200,000 trips to the bathroom. Uh, if, you, if you are type 2 diabetic and you take metformin, that number changes to 400,000. But you have to be diabetic to fully understand that. Um, the other word is Zoe, and Zoe is like bios on steroids. Uh, Zoe is about a quality of life that comes only from knowing God. A Zoe life ultimately refers to eternal life, which is the kind of life that you were made for that will never end. But Zoe life is also about the quality of life that God has for us right now. And it's interesting that Jesus uses the word Zoe in this text. Now, Zoe life is a quality of life with God that changes your past, present, and future, not just more of the same kind of life. When you find your way back to God, then you discover this Zoe life. In Luke chapter 15, um, verses 11 and 12, Jesus continued 
there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property. Interestingly, the word property there in, in Greek is life, and it is bios. So it's like the father took half of his life and gave it uh, to the younger son. And that's, that's interesting, and we're going to talk about that in the future. So literally, the father divided his life between his sons at the demand of the prodigal. Now, more of the bios life will not fully satisfy. You see, the bios life pales in comparison to the Zoe life. God created us for Zoe life. He wants us to experience life to the full in and with him. So now there are three experiences that the Father invites us to that can help us live a Zoe kind of life. First is to celebrate. We party over the lost and found. Now, immediately before uh, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son, he told two other stories uh, in which people lost something of great value. The first was about a man who had 100 sheep and lost one of them. He looked and looked and looked for it, and finally found the lost sheep, and listened to the response. Luke chapter 15, verses 6 and 7. And goes home after he found the sheep. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, I want you to notice this idea kind of incorporates the older brother. Okay? So the celebration is over the, the person who was lost and is found. Okay, the second story is about uh, a woman who finally discovered her lost silver coin. She had 10, lost one, Searched and searched and searched in verses 9 and 10. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then we have the third story. Boom, boom, boom. Jesus tells these three stories. Um about a prodigal or lost son who repented and came home. Okay, verses 23 and 24. Here's what the father says. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So I want you to notice that uh, in every story, the same thing happened in the end. There was a celebration when the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son were all found. Now, if you have found your way back to God, then you have good reason to celebrate. Um, 
You've been given the chance to make peace with your past. Uh, You've been given a purpose for living, and you've been given hope uh, for your future. If we want to embrace the Zoe kind of life, we need to consistently celebrate. Doing so grows our relationship with God, and the fact is he loves to spend time with you because to him you are very important. Listen to Psalm 149, verse 4. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. Time spent celebrating with God uh, because the lost has been found helps us live a Zoe kind of life. Second thing is we need to connect We need to discover that we are better together, all of us together. That's important. Edward Hallowell and a team of researchers from Harvard Medical School discovered that the two most powerful and meaningful experiences in life are achieving, that is, reaching a goal and accomplishing something that's really worthwhile, and connecting, uh, which is relating to someone in a significant way. According to Hallowell, our society is becoming more and more obsessed with achieving, while at the same time becoming increasingly bankrupt when it comes to connecting. Achieving, of course, is not bad, but research shows that it is no substitute for connecting. People who excel at achieving but fail at connecting end up being unhappy people. By contrast, people who prioritize uh, connecting in a meaningful relationship, even if they're not great at achieving and accomplishing goals, report life as fulfilling. In order to experience the Zoe kind of life, We need to connect with other people who have found their way back to God. Then we discover that we are better together than we are on our own. No man is an island. God didn't uh, intend us to live as Lone Ranger Christians. In our new life with God, we all need the encouragement and accountability of others. These are important for us to grow strong and flourish in our life journey. Now, while a large group like worship uh, is good for celebrating, it is not so good for connecting. And that's why we encourage everyone to find a life group where you can really get to know other people, other Christ followers, and invest in each other's lives. The Father wants us to know and experience his love through each other, this helps us to experience the Zoe kind of life that God intends for us to have. Now, the third is contribute. We find our part in God's dream. God has a dream for this world, and you are invited to be a part of it. His dream is that every single person would live every second of their existence knowing that they are 
relentlessly and passionately loved. His dream is that every single person would experience the Zoe kind of life. His dream is that every person would find their way back to him. God's desire is that you and I willingly risk loving others because he has risked everything in loving you. I have often wondered how the son who returned to his father would have lived from that day forward if Jesus had continued this story. I doubt he would have looked on a hungry man or woman in the same way again or listened to someone's story of failure and loss with judgment or thought his father's wealth was all about buying him more status or comfort? What do you think? When we awakened to the new Zoe life God offers us, we see our future possibilities differently. Our priorities change. Life is about something better, bigger, and more meaningful than ever before. Lane was in a hospital bed that hospice workers had delivered to his home to make him comfortable uh, for the, the last days of his life on earth. He asked his pastor to come over because it was time to plan his funeral. As Lane told him what he wanted uh, to have said, sung, and celebrated at his memorial, his pastor could not help but think back uh, just a few years earlier when Lane found his way back to God. Lane was a type A, driven personality who would start his work day at 5 a.m. and not finish till late in the evening. His obsessive hard work paid off as his company went from being a $100 million business when he started to being worth more than $9 billion when he stepped down because of a terminal illness. The illness brought this ambitious workaholic to a complete stop. When Lane paused long enough to reflect on his life and success, he realized there was something very important missing. As a kid, his parents took him to church, and he had a genuine faith in God. But Lane realized that in his unbridled pursuit of success, God had gradually become a faint and forgotten memory. But now Lane was sick the kind of sick that would slowly kill him. Until it did kill him, it would torture his body with constant pain 16 hours a day. The illness was his wake-up call that something was missing in his life. He needed God. Lane told his pastor, the best thing that ever happened to me was getting sick. From the time I got sick, It refocused me. It caused me to find my way back to God and feel close to God. I 
I would give up everything for what I have now. His pastor still has the notes for Lane's funeral. They've gone unused. It's been nearly a decade since hospice was called, and Lane has not died yet. But neither has Lane been cured. He is in pain every day of his life. But since his spiritual rebirth, Lane has been living a new kind of life. He's not a workaholic creating his own kingdom. Instead, he is a messenger sharing his story and helping others find their way back to God. The experience of being brought back from dead to alive, from lost to found, will actually do that even for you or for me. Lane is still alive and living one day at a time as God's messenger. What would he say to you and me? Well, we don't have to wonder here it is in his own words. I have one ultimate mission in life, to help people find their way to God. There's nothing that will confirm your new, or as we have said, Zoe, life more than helping others find new life too. There is nothing like helping others find their way back to God. It makes me feel truly alive. Your new, lifelong walk with Jesus is a journey that you need never travel alone. You, need, you never need to live apart from your Heavenly Father again. If you find yourself drifting into complacency, looking for substitutes, thinking you have all the answers you need for yourself, you know what to do. You can always come back to the life that is really living. You know the way. And home is where you always belong. Being prepared in the years ahead for a kind of life that is different from anything you thought possible when you made a U-turn in the road that day and asked the Father for help, Jesus is alive in you, and that changes just about everything. A Zoe kind of life is yours. I encourage you to find your place in this community of other grateful sons and daughters of the Father. Connect with them, learn from them, work alongside them to make a difference for good in marriages, homes, schools, workplaces, and communities. And together, let us keep helping others find their way back to God, that is where the real celebration is waiting. My prayer is that you would refuse to simply go through life, but instead you would let Jesus' life shine through you. Remember, we're all prodigals, and no one of us is any better than the others. We're in this together. Perhaps you need to make a decision today. We're going to sing our song of decision, which is an invitation, opportunity uh, for you to come forward and make a commitment for Christ.
So let's stand, please, as we sing.